Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. We've been talking about a life worth living, and it's a, it's a life that passes. Go ahead to the, to the test of the judgment seat of Christ. That's where the evaluation ultimately gets made. And if we're living that kind of life now, we will be, you know, just... It's deeply satisfying and meaningful and purposeful life, okay? So we did see the first week that we are owned by God, okay? That's a good thing. We are stewards of ourselves and everything that God has entrusted to us. Then we saw that we are guaranteed success when we, you remember, trust in the Lord with all your heart, don't lean on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him. He will, he will direct your path. He'll get you to where he wants you to be. And that brings us to today, this idea that God knows things. Because the whole point of this series is talking about a life worth living, but it's, it's also, it's how do we live the life that God has for us to live? How, what's it mean to live the Christian life? What are some things you need to have settled in your life? And that's what we're looking at in this series. And so this idea that God knows, and that doesn't seem to say enough, but we're going to fill that out, okay? Let's go to Psalm 139. I believe that's page 718. Yes, it is. Page 718 in the Bible that's under the chairs there. Psalm 139. Let's start in verse number one. King David wrote this psalm and he says this. He says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You've hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Move down to verse 17. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. The idea is I go to sleep, but you don't. And I wake and you're still there and you still know. So let's go back and look here. You've known me. You know. You understand. You comprehend. You're acquainted. You know it all together. Um, your thoughts. You know, so many. That, that he knows m- more things than you can count the sand. I mean, so God knows. God's knowledge is unlimited. Okay? God's knowledge is unlimited. This, I mean, have you ever had a computer or your phone, all of a sudden you ran out of memory? Well, that happens to me too, I guess, right? <laughs> These days I run out of memory sometimes. But the idea is we run out of memory or maybe you run out of processing power to process all the information that's there. Well, that never happens to God. God never, he doesn't have that problem, okay? Uh, the, the Bible tells us that he counts the number of the stars he calls them all by name. Great is our Lord 
and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. It's unlimited. He counts the number of the stars. This is interesting. Uh, I, you know, I like numbers. I like science. Uh, so I looked this up. They estimate, and it has to be an estimate because they don't even know what we don't see yet in the universe, maybe. But they estimate there are 200 billion trillion stars in the universe. He, God knows how many there are, doesn't he? In fact, he's named them all. And he knows all their names. I was talking with some of the day, and I often say when people come to, to visit in the church, and I, I try to learn their names, and, and I, I say, you know, here, I really want to remember your name. You know, if you come two or three weeks in a row, I'll probably get it, because otherwise, whew, it's right out of my head. Not God, he knows all their names. Do you realize that um, for every grain of sand on the earth, by, again, by their estimates, there are 10,000 stars for every one grain of sand. That's what those numbers mean, okay? So his understanding is unlimited. He never runs out of ability to understand. It's, it is infinite. And then it is complete. God knows everything there is to know. And there's nothing he does not know all about. And it's, it's a little bit different than this idea of unlimited. We're saying that he all, everything that, that is, he does know. There's nothing that God has to learn about. Okay, uh, The scripture says, as God says, he says, I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. So from the beginning of whatever that is, all the way to the end, how much of this does God know about? All of it. Do you guys know for sure what's going to happen to you later today? God knows. Right? He, is, he isn't stuck with that. God knows everything there is to know. He, it, is, it is complete. Okay? And then, uh, let's have another verse here. Yes. In, in 1 John chapter 3, John is trying to uh, encourage his readers. And he's talking about, do you ever feel like your heart you get down and you kind of condemn yourself? Yeah. And John says, listen, and when your heart condemns you, and I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing, but he says, God knows better than you do. He knows all things. So be encouraged. When you think I, you know, I'm condemning myself, wait a minute, God says, wait, no, no, no. <laughs> I know here. Trust me and my knowledge, okay? So God's knowledge is unlimited, it is complete, and it is accurate. Man, don't, don't we all find out from time to time that we were wrong about something? How many of us like that? We're wrong. Anybody here have Fonzarelli syndrome? You guys remember what that is? Some of you younger guys won't, but you remember the Fonz? And when he was wrong, he couldn't say it. What did he say? He says, okay, I was couldn't bring himself to say it, right? We don't like to be wrong, but we often are. We find out we were wrong about something. Uh, but, you know, that has never happened to God. He has never found out he was wrong about something because his, his knowledge is accurate about everything. In, in the book of Job, it describes his knowledge this way. It talks about him who is perfect in knowledge. He is perfect in knowledge. And, and then, I like this one in Luke. Jesus says this. Go ahead. He says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. 
And I used to think that, that God got, got off easy with me <laughs> and some of you. But then someone told me, he says, no, no, no. So like, so like Jim here has a nice head of hair still for his age, right? It's easy for God because they're all there. He, can, yeah. he knows where they are. He has to keep track of ours, right, Tim? He knows where they are, okay? <laughs> but this seems silly to us, but what he's telling us is God knows even all of the things that we might initially think of as insignificant. He knows it all. His knowledge is accurate. So his knowledge is unlimited, it is complete, and it is accurate. Now, having a conversation with a, a brother in Christ this week, we were talking about the implications of this kind of thing. And this often leads to this question. Well, since God knows all the stuff we talk about, since God knows, well, why doesn't he do this then? Or why doesn't he not allow that? If God knows that this person is going to suffer, why doesn't he do something about it? Why doesn't he stop it? And this is a hard question for us on the face of it, for sure. And if you want to talk to somebody about God and their relationship with him, this question might very well come up. Well, why doesn't God do something different? If he knows, right? I don't want to forget something here. Let me make sure. That's right. So let's talk about this for just a little bit, this whole idea. Well, if God knows, why doesn't he, right? Um, a very wise a man that I knew, I, I heard him say it in preaching, but also we talked about it, and he said it to me personally, and that's this. I mean, he asked the questions, do we know what God knows? Do we? Are we everywhere like God is? No. So we are limited, aren't we? Quite limited compared to God. And so he said this, he says, if we knew everything that God knows, and if we were good like God is, we would do the same thing God does. And that's, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because think about it, we've talked about, okay, 200 billion trillion stars and God knows all the details about every one of them. Who am I to say, God, I would do it different if I were you. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense for us to do that. And so we want to understand that, yes, if we knew what God knows and we had the good character that God has and, and we were able to do what God does, that we would do the same things he does. We really would, okay? And so I think the only reason we ask this question is because we are finite. Our understanding is limited, right? Has anybody ever second-guessed you when you made a sincere and right decision? Has anybody? Okay, why did they second-guess you? It's because they didn't know what you knew. They didn't have the insight that you had on it, okay? And so that's the way it is with God. The second thing is, is that God has actually told us what we need to know to be able to understand what we need to understand. In, in Peter's second letter, he says that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything we need. And then as he says, according to his knowledge. He knows 
He knows everything we need to live a life that's the life he wants us to live. You know, and that will we'll be purposeful and meaning and satisfying, accomplish his purposes. He knows that. And, and everything that's for godliness, how do we become the kind of person he wants? He knows all that. And it says that he has given us everything we need. And so that means when I run into things that I don't know, and it's something I can't know, that means I didn't need to know. We're talking about a perspective on life that's, that's really going to be crucial to you if you want to live this Christian life. doesn't mean you can't think about the stuff. Think about it for sure, right? Search the word. Grow in your understanding. But uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29 says it very well. It, it, um, there it says um, that the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Okay? And there's more to it. But the secret things belong to the Lord our God. That means there are things that God knows that we don't know. And the things that God knows and I don't know are his business, not mine. Like I said, it doesn't matter to ponder it and think about it and chew on it, you know, think about it. But if he hasn't revealed it, I don't need to know it. You don't need to know it. The rest of the verse continues. He says, so, so the secret things belong to the Lord our God. He says, but the things which are revealed, so things he has revealed in the world or in his word, the things that he has revealed are for us and our children that we may do them. Okay? So the idea is what we need to focus on is what do we know? What can we know? What are we responsible for knowing and doing something about? And then we need to do it. All right? And so uh, Hannah in, in uh, the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, didn't have a son. She so wanted a son. She prayed for, to God about this. And, and God answers her prayer and gives her son, Samuel, who the, the book is uh, later on written about. Um, but in her prayer, she expresses this. She says, for the Lord is the God of knowledge. And by him, actions are weighed. So again, this idea of knowing. So God knows everything. And so we don't need to know everything, but what we do need to think is, what am I going to do about it? Because he will evaluate my actions, won't he? Those of you who know Christ as Savior, he will evaluate your actions. Judgment seat of Christ. If you don't know Christ as Savior yet, you haven't made that decision. You haven't come to that understanding that you've sinned against a holy God that's separated you from him. And if you die in that condition, you'll be separated from him forever in hell. But Jesus loved you. He came to this world. He, the Son of God, he lived a perfect, sinless life, died on the cross, rose again from the dead. And the offer it to you is if you will just really be honest about yourself, like we've all sinned, right? Be honest with God about yourself. If you will believe that Jesus did what the Bible says he did, you can then, by faith, receive Christ as Savior. You can put your faith in what he did for you. He paid for the penalty for every sin on the cross. And if you do that, you receive eternal life. Uh, you have every sin forgiven, and God himself moves in. Okay, so that's, that's really good news. Because you don't want to leave this life not having received Christ as Savior. Because your actions will also be weighed at the great white throne judgment. And it will be very clear that you have not received Christ, that you have gone your own way and done your own thing, and then you will pay the penalty for that in all eternity. But so this idea, when we're thinking, you know, if 
since God knows, why doesn't he? And we've kind of talked our way through that. But I would say to you that with this understanding, a more biblical understanding, the question we ought to be asking is this. Since God knows, why don't we? Since God knows whatever he knows, why don't we respond? That is really where our focus ought to be. So let's talk about that. Let's dig into this a little bit. Since God knows, why don't we trust him? Why don't we trust God to the very end, even in the hardest things of life? Because if God really knows what the Bible says that he knows, and he said, I love you, and he said, if you'll just follow me, I will guarantee your success. If he says these kind of things, does it make sense to trust him? Now, I'm not saying that it's always easier. We always think that way. I'm just saying right now at this moment, just to answer this question, is it logical to trust God? It absolutely is logical to trust God. If it makes all the sense in the world to trust someone who knows the problem better than you do, who knows the answers better than you do, who knows your capabilities better than you do, who knows on and on and on better than you do. It makes all the sense in the world to trust him. Uh, and I think about this. Uh, some things about this. You see, God knows what we need before we do and better than we do. He knows what we need before we do and better than we do. And for some reason, the picture that came to my mind is uh, a mother with a diaper bag. What? Well, moms, it's amazing. You know, they have this little baby and this big diaper bag. And in this diaper bag, they not only have diapers, they have wipes, and they have extra wipes, extra diapers. They have an extra set of clothes, maybe two. They have, you know, another couple pacifiers, some snacks, chew, whatever, right? Whatever comes up, that mom's ready. Okay. And she's limited knowledge and understanding, but God knows everything. He knows ahead of time what we are going to need. And he knows it better than we do. Oh, man, I think about that. And I realize that from time to time, just by nature, all of a sudden, I, I think I know what I need. I think I know what God needs to do. But then I find out that my knowledge is not always accurate. <laughs> right? But his is. So he knows. And, and so uh, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talking to the disciples, he says, your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Before you ask him, he knows. Uh, James chapter 4, talking about prayer, says, you do not have because you do not ask. And he says, well, sometimes you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. You ask for the wrong thing because you think you know what you need, don't you? And I'm saying you, I'm saying me. We think we know what we need. God really knows what we need. Now, the good news is, is that, oh, but see, there we go. I'm just getting it wrong. I'm always going to pray about the wrong thing. I ask God for the wrong thing. Good news, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, he says that the Holy Spirit prays for us when we don't know how we should pray. So if we, don't, we say, God, I don't know how to pray about this. You know, the Holy Spirit knows what we need. He's God. He prays for us. And if I say, I know what I need, and the Holy Spirit goes, no, no, no. Here's what he needs, Father. <laughs> okay? But so he's taking care of us. He knows, and he's at work in our lives. The next thing is we see that God, oh, one more thing, yeah. 
God can see in the dark. Okay? Psalm 139, later it says, if I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, the darkness and the light are both alike to you. When we can't see, when things are not clear to us, guess what? God can see. They are clear to him. And we can take comfort in that. He knows what we need before we do and better than we do. Another thing that God knows is how to keep his promises. He knows how to keep his promises. Sometimes we get mixed up on what God has promised us. God has not promised us another day of life, right? God has not promised us no problems in life. God has not promised that everything I think needs to happen is going to happen. God hasn't promised any of those things. But what he has promised, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I will take everything that happens. When you, you know, when you're trying to follow me, I will take everything that happens in your life and I will work it out for good. In fact, if you trust me and acknowledge me in your ways, I'll, I'll direct you. You know, I will never leave you. I will never, so he promises those kinds of things to us. All right? So God knows how to keep his promises. And then you think of Abraham and Isaac. Remember, God had promised Abraham a son. And then... Uh, Abraham tried to handle it on his own and messed it up. And so God says, no, we're not going to do this. And he does it another way. His wife miraculously gives birth at 90 years of age. Any of you ladies like to sign up for 90-year-old duty? No. 90 years of age, she miraculously has a son. Isaac is his name. God says, I'm going to keep every promise I have made to you through your son Isaac. Just through him, I'm going to keep every promise. And then one day God says to Abraham, I want you to take Isaac and I want you to sacrifice him to me. I want you to take his life and offer him to me as a sacrifice. And, and the story is just crazy and, and from a human perspective because Abraham takes Isaac and goes to sacrifice him to the point where he raises the knife. And God stops him. And there's a whole great story there. But I want you to see is, is how could Abraham do that? I mean, God promised everything through Isaac, and now God says, kill him. Well, the scripture tells us, he says, by faith, Abraham offered up Isaac, concluding that God was able to raise him up from the dead. God knows how to keep his promises. So Abraham says, God has made the promises. He knows how to keep the promises. He's told me to do this. So I will do this, because God knows how to keep this promise. And if he needs to, he can raise him from the dead. Now, I don't think he was smiling like I am right now when he was thinking these things. That had to be deeply, deeply challenging. But you see, God knows how to keep his promises, even when it doesn't look like it makes sense to us or there's any way that that could happen. Another thing God knows is he knows what's coming and how to prepare us for it. He knows, he knows what we're going to have to deal with. I mean, I think in my life, the hard things that I had to deal with, the really hard things, the things that, that hit me at the core of my identity and who are you and what's your value and worth and, and, and all of those, those issues that God had worked in my life. And really, a lot of things that in this sermon series that I'm sharing with you are those things that God had taught me, that prepared me to be able to respond to things that were new to me, and I didn't know the answer to. But see, if you know that God knows, 
Right? He knows what's coming. He knows how to prepare for us. I think of Moses. Moses is as a little bitty baby. They're killing babies in Egypt. And so the, the mom hides him and the Pharaoh's daughter finds him. And he grows up in, in Pharaoh's household, the king's household. He grows up there. Does uh, Moses know Egypt better than any other Hebrew? Most likely. He knows Egypt. He knows how it functions because he grew up in the king's household. All right, 40 years of age, he, he kind of takes things in his own hands, and as a result, he has to leave, has to flee Egypt. 40 years, he's living out in the desert as a shepherd. And the Bible tells us he's, he's very meek, humble. God humbled him. He learned what it was like not to be in the king's household. And then when he's 80 years old, God brings him back to lead his people out of Egypt. The one who knows how Egypt works and the one who knows the desert that they're going to be in for 40 years. You see how God worked and prepared? And man, so you're in the king's household, you grow up in it, and then uh, all of a sudden you're out of it. Hey, a year later, I think I've learned my lesson. Two years later, well, surely I've learned my lesson. 40 years? You see, our timing's not God's, is it? But the idea is he knows what it, how to prepare us. And sometimes we think, man, why didn't God take care of this? Well, we don't know what he's preparing us for, okay, to be able to stand up and do things. All right. And then God also knows how to finish what he started in our lives. We know the verse, Philippians 4, 6, right? Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. God knows how to finish what he started in our lives. And again, we look at it, our knowledge is limited, and, and we don't know for sure what to do about it. Are, are you at this point? Are you, you it's, it's sunk in, right? That God knows how to do this stuff? He knows the things that we don't know. He knows the things we don't understand. He, he knows the beginning to the end. He uh, all of these things. So he's able to finish. And, and so this is where we, as those of you who, like me, would say, we really do want to live for Christ and you know, our lives are his and we want our lives to count for him. And certainly we want them to feel like they're meaningful and have satisfaction in those. We want all of that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's hard, isn't it? It's not just me, right? Sometimes that's hard. And we kind of lose sight of things. Um, we read about people who lost sight of things and walked away in the Bible. But we also read these kinds of things. Job is in the Bible, isn't it? If you don't know the story of Job, Job is a person who God allowed really bad things to happen to, and Job went through this whole process of wrestling with all that and trying to figure it out, and, and Job kind of just about lost his faith over this, really. And the more he thought about it, the harder it got for him. He was, he was operating that, well, if God knows why, doesn't he? But when Job's faith faded, God rekindled the flame. God shows up. Talks to Job in some pretty straightforward ways. And when all said and done, God, uh, Job's faith is rekindled. That's good to know. So if you find yourself struggling, God knows how to rekindle your faith. 
The Apostle Paul talks about the time when he was in Asia, and he talks about how overwhelming it was and how crushed they were and despaired and, and this huge weight upon them. He says so much we, we despaired of life. We were like giving up. Then he says this. He says, but we had this happen to us so that we could learn to trust in God, the God who's able to raise the dead. And so what God did is he took that very thing, he used the very thing that threatened Paul's faith to strengthen his faith. And so when you find yourself in the middle of things that are really hard, and you, you know, man, I don't have good answers to this thing. I don't know why God's letting this happen. And I, man, okay, I know what I'm supposed to believe, but I'm having a hard time with this. What do I, just keep choosing to lean into God because God knows how to restore your soul. God knows how to rekindle your faith. He knows how to strengthen your faith. And so one of the things you want to you know about God knowing is that even in the middle of the hardest things you will ever go through, remember, God knows. And he's good. And he's at work. And so let's just leave with this, this thought in mind. Because God knows, we can trust him to the very end, even in the hardest things of life. We can, because he knows. We can trust him. Okay, and so there's three quick things that are going to help you with this. One is to, to consistently take in God's word. Because I guarantee you, as you're going through life, here you go, and you have hard times, but you hit this really hard time, and yeah, you may not read the Bible for a month, and you may struggle, because, but at some point you've got to say, you know, I need to open up the word, and I need to get in the word, because God will meet you there. Okay, so consistently be in the word. It also prepares you for what may come in the future. Secondly, surrender to God's ways. These things we're talking about, being owned, uh, you know, doing life his way so that we can succeed and, and remembering that he knows. Surrender yourself to that. Say, okay, God, you know, I don't. I accept that. I'm going with you, surrendering to your ways. And then finally, stay connected to God's people. One thing Satan wants to do is isolate you. He definitely wants to isolate you. And that can happen when we aren't even on purpose doing it, right? We just kind of get sidetracked and off we go. No, you need to be connecting with God's people, which means more than just sitting here on a Sunday morning. This is awesome. You need to connect after. You need to connect before. You need to do things like when you're able to stay for a potluck. You need to do the Bible study. You need to get in a life group. You need to get involved in it. Someplace. You've got to stay connected with God's people. So as anybody besides me can find yourself having a hard time and then you have, to, you have to be with some of God's people and, hey, that was good. Anybody besides me be encouraged by the fact that, yeah, right. So it's really important. So God knows. And sometimes, you know, we talk, well, some, we don't know that it is. And we say, well, God knows. That could be a throwaway line. Or it can be something with extremely deep meaning to us. God knows. Father, we come to you and thank you that you know, that you know more than we know. You know more than we think that you know. Um, 
And we're so grateful for that, that we can lean into you and trust you and trust your ways and that there's no better way to live than the way you say to live. And, and um, when all is said and done, Lord, we can know that we've lived a life worth living. Thank you, you've revealed those things to us. Really, Lord, help us to trust you in those areas when we don't know. Either it's because we don't know yet or because you haven't made it so we can know. And we help us to trust you at those times too, Father. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.